0: Welcome to Solo 2.0, an empowerment podcast hosted by two sisters living in LA, making their way through the health and wellness world. I'm Ryan Birch.
1: And I'm Jess Zucan. Each week, we're committed to bringing you conversations with risk-taking, resilient guests from diverse backgrounds, interviews with experts on controversial or misunderstood topics that will expand your perspective, and lively roundtable discussions with our mom, hormone health educator, Candace Birch. We're driven to provide the
0: support and motivation needed to ignite growth, confidence, and purpose so you can step into that 2.0 version of you.
1: We can't wait to dig into these conversations and hope you'll join us every week for a new episode. Let's get into it. Welcome back to the Solo 2.0 podcast. I'm Jess, holistic
0: health coach and founder of Body Bliss by Jess. And I'm Ryan, co-founder of Your Hormone Balance. All right, so today you have just Jess, and myself. We are trying something we haven't done before. We thought it would be fun to do like a mini-sode, almost the length of our intros, if we can accomplish that. It's always our Mm -hmm. biggest challenge. Um, But we just thought, you know, our last last week's episode with Spicy Mari was all around relationships. And there's just so much more we didn't get to talk about And we realized and kind of going through that process and all that we covered with her, you know, Jess and I have been with our guys for 10 and 11 years. And there's so much that we have learned along the way. I mean, from even just first dating when I felt like I didn't even like him, you know, to fast forward to where we are now having a house together and like, so, so solid. And it's just crazy looking back. So we thought it could be fun to share some of the pearls of wisdom or the things that we're still learning in our relationships, but also expand upon some things we touched on in the interview that we wanted to dive deeper into. For example, the love languages. That was something Jess brought up, and I really wanted to go deeper on that. But of course, we didn't have the time, and there were so many other great things we wanted to talk about. But Jess has read a lot about this, and I just think it's so fascinating to kind of figure out what love languages um, align with you and your, and your partner. And that just really helps you kind of understand things better. So Jess, why don't you kick us off explaining those five love languages, and then we'll share maybe what we think we are.
1: Yeah. So the five love languages is actually a book written by Gary Chapman. So I definitely suggest for the listeners to order the book. So good. I first read it on a solo trip and it was such a conversation piece and I learned so much just about myself and then also about Josh was like all these light bulbs going off and I just like couldn't wait to get home and start practicing some of it but basically there's five different love languages and they are words of affirmation, quality time, physical touch, acts of service, and then receiving gifts and essentially I think The idea is that each person has their primary love language, although I think it's pretty common for people to have two primary love languages, and then the other ones are sort of like secondary and third, and there's a quiz that you can take online, and it's kind of a fun activity to do with your significant other to see which love languages you each are, and yeah, you guys just take the quiz. It's... (laughs) Josh and I took it when when I got home from the trip and I got some overwhelming number of acts of service. (laughs) Sounds like you. (laughs) Yeah, it was insane. I definitely did not have a tiebreaker between any two. It was that one for (laughs) sure in the lead. Clear winner. Yeah, clear winner. I think Josh had two that tied and his were words of affirmation or no, not words of affirmation. It was actually... Quality time and physical touch. So, but he was there were some other ones that were pretty closely tied. So, anyway, the way that he describes it in the book, and it's been a while since I read it, but the one thing that stood out to me was that so often in relationships, it's like you're speaking English and Thomas is speaking Chinese French, but he's <laughs> right, French would make more sense because he's French. So, you're speaking English. And he's speaking French. What I was going to say, because I don't know different French dialects, what I was going to say is that (laughs) it would be like, he's not only speaking Chinese, but he's speaking Mandarin. And you're maybe speaking like a specific dialect of another language. So it's like, not only are you speaking different languages, but you're speaking different dialects. So It's like if he were to be speaking Mandarin Chinese to you and you're responding to him in English, of course, you're not going to understand each other and you're going to be on completely different pages. So you have to learn how to speak his love language, his specific dialect, and he needs to learn how to speak yours. And that's Mm. kind of the way that you can get on the same page. And so an example that he gives would be that a lot of times people are actually speaking their own love language to their significant other, the person that they're dating expecting them to be you know so grateful or like oh my gosh so loving I'm so thankful that you did that but in reality we're speaking our own la- love language because that's how we give and receive love but we're not recognizing that they speak a different language so they're not responding in the way that we would really want to so we're kind of speaking that different dialect to them so for example if because acts of service. So to break them down, I'm going to break them down really quick. And then I'll give you an yeah. example of sort of how I've tried to speak my love language and it hasn't been well received by Josh.
0: <laughs> okay. So
1: there's words of affirmation and these are pretty obvious and it gets more intricate and detailed in the book, but words of affirmation is basically like people kind of reaffirming you. So, wow, well, right. I have noticed that you are just killing it. I know that you're working so hard. And this is me giving you a real word of affirmation right now. Because it's true. You're (laughs) working so hard. And I know that it's been stressful for you. And I know that you've put in extra hours and time and you're in desperate need of a vacation. But I know that, you know, it's all going to pay off in the end and you're going to get that time that you deserve to yourself. And I'm so excited that you have a vacation coming up. So giving those sort of like words of affirmation or I see you that, you know, you are just really doing so well in life right now, or whatever it is, those affirmations. And then quality time is kind of obvious. So, just spending that good time with the other person. So, not sitting next to each other and necessarily, just watching TV, because that may, maybe that is quality time to you, but a lot of times you're not engaged in conversation. You're just kind of, maybe you're each on your phones at the same time. So, that's not really. Quality time. Quality time might be putting the phones down, putting the computers down, going out in your backyard and lighting some candles and making dinner together and just like laughing and talking. So you're just really there with each other. But quality time differs from person to person, what they like to do together and how they best connect. And then physical touch. People think sex, but it you can actually, for some people just because they're really into sex or they have a high sex drive does not mean that that's their love language. Um, physical touch is more the sensual. Like if you if it is sex, it's more the emotional side. You like sort of the floor play that goes along with it or just physical touch like you, Rai. You are definitely physical touch. When Rye mm-hmm. was little, she always had to be like holding on to someone's soft, cold ears. It's <laughs> <laughs> so weird. <laughs> and- <laughs> oh, God. That was Still her thing. Do. Oh Guilty. yeah, she hangs on to Thomas's ear, and um, <laughs> she only likes the soft, cold ones though. And I feel like mine were never good enough. Mom always had, <laughs> mom always had the good lobes. <laughs>
0: and, so not normal.
1: <laughs> so funny. And Ryan, mom were like little monkeys, like hanging on each other. Mom would just cuddlers. love it. Oh, just little cuddlers. Where I would be like monkeying all over mom, and mom would try to like grab me and shove her in her. And shove me in her lap, and I'd be like, Get off me, let me get off. I need space. So, yeah, you never liked the cuddles. Definitely not my love language. Um, <laughs> but like hugging and just cuddling and spending that time. And then acts of service, which is me, is when people, I know it sounds so silly, but when Josh takes out the trash without me asking, that's like sex. <laughs> like, oh my God. <laughs> Yum. Yeah. And, um, yeah, if I were to come home to like a clean house after I'm going on a girl's trip this weekend, and if I were to come home on Monday and the house were just clean and I could unpack and just not have to worry about cleaning the house before a new week, that would just give me all the good feelings. I would just be so happy and so relaxed. And so that sort of like acts of service, like maybe cleaning and organizing for the other person or, um, An act of service could be like if you're in a relationship, maybe you know that the other person just has all of these little nitpicky tasks, like it's tax season coming up. So maybe you are the one that sets up the appointment with the tax guy and gets that all in order for the other person. That's an act of service that you know is really going to help reduce their stress levels. Mm -hmm. And then finally receiving gifts, which seems very materialistic, but it doesn't have to be like the person who's always buying you elaborate gifts. Or making sure that they get you something on Valentine's Day, maybe they are walking home from work and they see a flower and they think of you and they pick it and then they put it in your hair when they get home and say "I love you." So that kind of a thing. And obviously, there's so much more to all of these, but that sort that's of a great notes.
0: That's a really good summary and. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure, like, it's funny, too, because that's probably why the quiz is so helpful, is that we might not think we are one way, but
1: mm-hmm. in
0: many ways, I kind of feel like I am all of those. I used to feel like, oh, I don't need gifts at all. Not really a gift person, but lately, I've realized, just because we have been together so long, we both got really laxed on gifts, a.k.a. like, not really giving each other anything for any occasion, <laughs> Um And also because we're all in on this house we recently got, we're just kind of in that mode. But then I'm like, you know what? It would be nice though. Just, just a little gift, you know, (laughs) just a, just a card. Um, But you know, we've been together 11 years and it's like, you go over, you've written over the top things in a million cards. And then with such a huge finance this year, it just, we say it doesn't matter to us, but then I find myself, you know, like I said, wishing I had gotten some gifts, but yeah, I love that. Um, and you said what you are, but you should say it again. But I'm also just thinking, yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm definitely super cuddly. Thomas and I take cuddle breaks throughout the day to just recharge. It helps me so much, and it. But that's something too. Where it's
1: interesting. That sounds like-, like my nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like a cuddle break. <laughs> <Ugh>. get off! <laughs> oh
0: my god. No, we both, but it's so convenient because we both are that way. I know. We we love it. And it calms me down so much. And it's, you know, you hear that hugging does release the cuddle hormone, hormone, which is so interesting. And that's what it does for me because I get in these states where I'm just like really overwhelmed by all there is to do for the business. And Thomas's job is quite a lot different, a lot more laxed. And so he's always just kind of there for me to check me and be like, hey, let's have a let's have a lay down, <laughs> so, you boy. know, and like, and we're probably look like freaks, but it's just like it gives me so much comfort and it truly calms me down. And it's like, I'm literally like ready to get up in a few minutes. I'm like, OK, back to my things, you know, Um, mm-hmm. but it helps so much. And we both need that. We both are very touchy and huggy. And um, so that's convenient. But to your point earlier, it's super interesting because it's like even if you're someone that needs acts of service, you doing an act of service over and over for your partner who doesn't necessarily need that is not gonna be a hit. That exactly. might be more of a miss, so being tuned in to what your partner needs, and this is true in friendships too. That's why I love this. It's
1: you know what honestly, your, oh sorry God.
0: oh no, just what are your you know what are your friends and the people in your life really need like do you have a friend that really? And I'm probably have been a bad friend for this, but there's certain friends I know that are amazing gift givers and kind of expect a gift, you know? Um, But then other friends, we don't give each other gifts and like, we know we're cool. Totally cool. Mm -hmm. Um, But you know, yeah. So uh, just having that in mind with all your relationships could be super helpful.
1: Yeah. There's also multiple editions of it. So there's... I I don't know if it's written by the same guy, but there's also one for like the workplace too, because you can apply it to your bosses and your coworkers and just really improve your communication at work, which I thought Mm -hmm. was really interesting. That's great. Um, But I totally agree that I think most people are more than just one. Like when I'm thinking about you, you're definitely physical touch. I don't think you're acts of service. Um, I think you're quality time
0: hmm.
1: And I would say maybe I would say physical touch and quality time might be around the same and then maybe words of affirmation. But I yeah, I don't think that that's like your top one. I think that might be like a secondary one. And then I would say receiving gifts, but then acts of service would be the last one probably.
0: Yeah, for me, I think I would say last one gifts. I think only recently I've been feeling that because we've really gotten like no gifts and no cards for every birthday, every Christmas, every Valentine's Day. (laughs) So that is like we both go went all the way. And I don't think it bothers Thomas at all, but it's starting for me. I'm like, okay, but normally I really don't need a lot of gifts like at all, especially (laughs) I've always hated receiving or in previous relationships, I hated getting flowers from guys, I felt like it was really corny and awkward. And like, I was gonna kill him right away. I don't want random gifts all the time. I don't want things bought for me, because then it feels like I owe you. And that is something what's interesting with some guys, they do use that as a um, and girls, you know, goes both ways, you use that as a form of power. Or and that's what a lot of this can turn into acts of service or gifts. Whatever you do can be oh, yeah. like, well, I did this for you. And again, if you're not speaking their same, if that's not what the, what fills them up, then you know that's not going to do it for them. So then you're you've got resentment instead of just figuring out how to how to really meet their needs.
1: Actually, I think what you just said is such an important point because in the episode with Spicy Mari, we talk about in the intro, my toxic relationship that I was in, and we were talking about how every time he would cheat on me, he would buy me these like elaborate gifts and thinking yeah. that that would somehow make up for it. And it's like, well, really, I wanted quality time. Like I wanted commitment. I wanted honesty. Like I wanted you to just want to be with me. And, you know, instead of you're giving me gifts. And that doesn't, I mean, it did work unfortunately, um, because those also came with words of affirmation, which at the time, and I think your love languages change as you progress and you you go through different life circumstances. So I think back then it was like, I needed all the words of affirmation because my self-esteem was so low. Mm -hmm. And now that's not a primary love language of mine, although it does feel good and I appreciate it and I do love it. It's not my top one. And I think back then it was. So it's like, oh, you've cheated on me. And now you're going to give me all these words of affirmation about how much you love me, how much you messed up, like all of the things that you can't live without in me. And I just would eat that up. And then you couple that with gifts like a puppy. And, you know, I'm like eating out of his hand, which is just, and that is a form of control and power. And I think that that's, you know, a really good point that you brought up because, we have to, we can kind of use the love languages, I think, in understanding the toxic languages that people are speaking to us as well.
0: Yeah, good point. And on this note, I think we should kick it back to you all to go take the quiz, look into this. I want to look at like the work version and the friendship version too, because that's a whole, I'm sure, like variations on this. But you yeah. know, let's, let's leave it there and. Well, can get I say into-
1: one more thing? Mm-hmm. It's just like a quick tip that I think is pretty important. So notice if you're, you know, get to know your love language and then notice if you're speaking your love language to the other person and if they're speaking theirs to you. And try to learn what their love language is and then try to start to speak theirs even if it doesn't come naturally to you because what you put out into the universe tends to come back. So they're going to feel loved. They're going to feel appreciated. They're going to feel seen and heard. And they're probably going to start naturally starting to speak some of your love languages. So this is something that Josh and I have worked on. Where in the past, it's like, oh, I organized the spice rack, Josh. Like, aren't you excited? Like, aren't you going to tell me thank you a million times? And he's like, well, I don't really care about that. Like, you did it for you kind of thing. But now it's like, I will take 10 seconds to stop and give him a hug to release that oxytocin. And if I need a countdown from 10, just to give him that physical touch – like that makes such a difference for him and then I notice like he'll be taking out the trash you know or he'll mm, be doing yeah so it's like a give and take and I think that that is really helpful that it's not that you're just always gonna do something for someone that you love to do It's like you wanna you want to speak their love language like give them a little bit and they'll give you something in return that's what it's all about um and that's
0: yeah I've, there's a bunch of groceries and dishes outside this store that I gotta get on as soon as I get out because mm-hmm. as much as Thomas does all these access service, you know, to help around the house while I'm so busy all the time, he is looking for more of that from me. So mm-hmm. although he knows that I'm busy and that's why he's doing it, it's like I really do have to make more of a concerted effort to do the things I can do. And that goes a long way.
1: And who knows? Maybe he will walk into like a little gift.
0: Yeah. And I shouldn't say we didn't. We did do gifts actually in, on Christmas. So I'm like, I can't lie about that. But the other things... um you know the other major holidays and birthdays we've we've been loose on it, but doesn't I mean really that doesn't that's not what lights up my life at all. No, but, but I totally get what you're
1: saying, and it doesn't have to be yeah. like expensive things. It can be just like I said, like something where no. it was like, oh, I thought about you. I was the car,
0: honestly. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes that probably feeds into my. I think I am words of affirmation. I want to hear how great you think I am. <laughs> <Like, laughs> Reminds me of why you love me. That would feel great, honestly, over a gift. So that's funny to think about, but.
1: No, it does feel good, especially when you've been in a relationship a really long time. It's like, yeah, I know that you love me, but also it's kind of nice to hear it again. And why? Again. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> otherwise, like you know, otherwise it gets boring. You got to spice it up.
0: Spice it up. Well, okay. So to end this mini-sode, we thought we would do some little quick fire, little pieces of advice or like pearls of wisdom we've taken, as I said, from all of these years we've been with our significant other Jess is married um Thomas and I have actually been together for 11 years but we are not yet married we kind of do things a little more unconventional I guess um I don't know we're engaged but we're just we don't feel like we're in a rush to plan a wedding and spend a bunch of money and we bought the house really instead of a wedding that was kind of our choice like And it happened during COVID. So I think if COVID hadn't happened, we probably would have planned a wedding instead of even considering a house. But then we fell into this pandemic and we were in a tiny apartment and we were like, oh, my God, that's all we want.
1: Well, Um, you have your priorities. And also when you know you're going to be together forever, I mean, really, I guess it's like, what is the rush?
0: We've got a lifetime. I know whenever I say, what's the rush? People are like, I don't think you're exactly rushing. <laughs> yeah, you're not rushing. <laughs> it's at been this 11 point. years. You're but- like common law married or whatever that's called. Yeah. And it's funny how people might be like, oh, well, ooh, they might not be that solid. But I saw recently something from like Goldie Hawn and Kurt Russell where it's like they're just the most solid, shining, happy example of just like partnership. And I don't believe that marriage makes you stronger. I just don't. I I mean, not that it, I'm sure it's an, I know it's an extra hurdle in getting through the challenges of marriage are probably do make you stronger, but in many ways we've been through so, so much, um, already that I don't, I don't think that marriage would add or make or break us at this point. Well, it would just be a fun party.
1: Exactly. And it's one of those things where it's like, we kind of sometimes have to stop and evaluate why is it that we have all these traditions and are you doing it because you feel like you should, you know, it's like back mm-hmm. to that or that yeah. it's something that you really want. Is it like, Oh, well, my parents want me to, or there's so much pressure from, you know, all my potential bridesmaids because they want to be a part of it, you know, or really why, why are you doing it? Cause it's about you guys.
0: Yeah, I know. And I didn't even mean to go into that tangent, but I do think that would probably be one of my biggest pieces of advice is just, you know, as with everything, put your blinders on and do make your own rules, write your own life path. Like I don't feel thankfully pressure from my family or my friends. I don't care what people think. I I love how we are doing life together. And I love just how, just how we do things our way, you know, and I think I got turned off from the wedding industry too, because I worked in the wedding or from the, from weddings and how much money is spent on them from working in the wedding industry. Probably if I hadn't had that experience, I would still be all about, I was never actually all about getting married, but, um, I, I'm sure I wouldn't have been as like turned off from it. But anyway, that's, that's our unique experience. Um, but I do have some other things I wanted to share from the beginning and middle. Um, but just. You start us off with a tip or like a lesson looking back from your time with Josh from when you first started dating.
1: Oh, sorry. What's my tip from when we first started dating? Okay. So I would say, honestly, one of the things that we kind of got out of the way, I would say it was like our first date, was the fact that neither of us wanted to stay in Portland, Oregon anymore. And that's where we met. And we were just really upfront about it from the beginning. I was like, hey, look, I like you, but I have plans to travel. I'm going to move. At the time, I thought I was going to move to San Francisco with one of my friends. And I just said, like, I don't have plans to stay here, even if I end up really liking you and wanting to be with you. I want to travel. And there's so much outside of here that I want to do. But this is not my home anymore. And he kind of said the same thing. He's like, oh, thank God. He, you know, I traveled a lot and obviously we lived in England as kids. So that's just something I've always been passionate about. He was really interested in it because he had never traveled. And I don't even think he'd ever been out of the country, maybe to Canada, but I'm not even sure if he had been to Canada. And so now he loves international traveling. We've lived in Korea together and had all these adventures. We got engaged in Panama and we're always looking to plan new trips. But It was really cool because he was like, oh, you know, I've thought about teaching in South Korea. My friend's over there and I just really want to get out and have experiences. And I was so not into that idea at first, but that's what we ended up doing. And it's a much larger conversation. But I just think being upfront about your priorities and what's important to you so that you don't resent the person that you get into a relationship with down the line, that you don't feel like they held you back from the experiences that you wanted to have. Totally. And so I feel like that was major for us just getting it right out and it also made for great conversation and kind of figuring out how it could work to be together and still pursue, you know, that goal.
0: Yeah, I love that and that you both met each other in the middle that he convinced you to go have this adventure so early in your relationship. Yeah. And you also opened him up to traveling in a in a way he hadn't before. And you know, I'll say like but, when you're first dating, you might find someone that's not into the things you're into at all, but that doesn't mean there's no room to change their mind. Mm-hmm. I have noticed with single friends of mine that you know it's and it, just in general, it's easy to make your mind up about this person from just a few you know hangouts or a couple of one off things they said, and you've just you make these definitive ideas about who they are and what they might or might not do with you in the future. but I think you do have to give people a little bit longer if they have all of these redeeming qualities that are of greater value than that, you know, like one of the things I always joke with Thomas about was that our conversation on our first date was just really blah, like subpar. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And in general, even in the beginning of, I mean, we, we met in college, so Mm -hmm. not exactly boys aren't exactly groomed to be great conversationalists. Um, but I was very much in my mind like, oh, this is just going to be like a fling, you know, um, Mm -hmm. even though I knew there was something much stronger there, I was like, how am I going to be with someone who can't even like really talk to me very well?
1: Um, He was probably so nervous. (laughs) Maybe, but I think he
0: just also had never, um, really been with anyone who had challenged his, you know, or at least like, yeah, challenged him to go deeper. Um, and to ask more questions, he was very used to talking about himself. Mm -hmm. Um, and so we were able to just grow together in that way. And we have like the best conversation. I mean, we're together all the time, 24 seven, but we still have dinner together every night. Um, you know, at the dinner table away from phone or TV. And that's a big new thing for us this year. But, um, now that we have space, Because in our old apartment, our, our table was also my desk and it was just in like one like central room, everything was. So we would always sit around the TV. So that's major, you know, and then like we go on long walks and, you know, we're just, we're big talkers too. (laughs) But, but that's, what's funny is like, he's a huge talker and I love conversation with him, but first meeting him, you wouldn't have known that. So I think giving people more of a chance to show you who they are because they put up walls.
1: I totally agree. And first dates too can be so awkward because you're trying to maybe look a certain way and you're trying to maybe say all the right things or you're nervous about something, having something stuck in your teeth. I mean, it's just, uh, first dates can be just so awkward and awkward. Yeah. And just like first conversations when you're feeling somebody out and I don't know when I've liked people, even when I like Josh that first night, it's like, you're kind of just like trying to figure out: did, Are they into me? Am I into them? How mm-hmm. am I supposed to act? And so you got to give it a few times, I think.
0: Yeah, definitely. And and just uh, well, t- all this all comes down to just being clear about what you what does matter to you. And it's not, you know, it might be off putting right away to be like, "Well, uh, you haven't asked me a single question," <laughs> you know, in the first date. But you can bring it up after several times dating or later on when you have a little bit of comfort only if you know there's enough redeeming qualities that you know there's something there um don't keep stringing something along just cuz you want companionship and there's too many there's lots of red flags but um leading into kind of my next point which was going to be um or the next thing we wanted to touch on something we've learned from kind of the middle of being together or like the beginning of being together um yeah i would say just just being Really, really clear about what your values are and what matters to you, and not letting things fester and build before you say something. I noticed a huge shift in our relationship from like f- year five, after year five, when I started being more comfortable just more quickly saying how I actually felt about something, voicing my, you know, just. Dis- not discomfort, voicing I my- I you going to say you're
1: disgust. I was like, oh.
0: <laughs> Voicing my frustrations with something, which were often small things, you know, but I think especially women, it's like, oh, well, they didn't do that. And oh, they did it again. They didn't take out the trash again or whatever it is. Just kind you of know? waiting for it. Just yeah. Waiting, like creating your little checklist and then you just explode. And it's like, they were supposed, they should have known. If they were in tune with you, they would have known- you know, to they would they, they would have noticed and they would have stopped by now. But that's not how it works. You know, we got to yeah. be called on our actions and, and even and it works both ways. And so I think I just finally found my kind of stride in saying things in a jokey way, almost like, Oh, okay, I guess we're not. I guess we're not asking about my day today. You know, <laughs> I do or, that too. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I get Okay, you know, and just making a little joke. And then it's like, Oh, sorry, I didn't realize but you're not coming at it so intensely that it's, Intimidating, off putting, rude, you know? Yeah, yeah, definitely. But at the end of the day, sometimes if you do have to sit, get it out, and it is a little rude, maybe because you're a little upset, that's fine. It opens up a conversation. But I think the most important thing is to expect that if something is bothering you, that your partner is willing to have a conversation at some point. I do think it's problematic to be with someone that's never willing to talk through your emotions, never willing to talk about anything, because then you're just not going to be able to work through anything.
1: Oh, absolutely. I think you hear it time and time again, but communication is the key, Mm
0: -hmm. I
1: think, to a long lasting relationship. I, similar to your point about, I feel like, I know we've had a lot of conversations about this, but both of us have kind of trained Josh and Thomas to be better asking questions and Mm -hmm. better conversationalists. And I've noticed with Josh, like his whole family, they are just not as, I guess inquisitive
0: mm-hmm. as
1: our family, like our family asks a ton of questions, never stops talking, is just like so curious about everything. And with his family, it's like you kind of have to draw it out of them a little bit more. And I realized just in interacting with his dad, especially, oh, okay, this helps me understand why you're this way. So it's not <laughs> so annoying. Mm-hmm. And then it, you know, I've even said to him recently, well, I really do realize where you where you've gotten it from because how were you ever gonna learn if this is, you know, not how your family was? And so he's really gotten better over the years of just asking questions and I still communicate with him if I feel like it he's talking too much about himself or like I'll make a little jab actually, which is probably is not the best, but kind of like you were saying, I'll be like, So the podcast episode was great today. And I interviewed him <laughs> and he's like, Oh, yeah, how was it? You know, he's always super interested, but yeah. you know, sometimes it's like I want him to bring it up himself. So I'll, instead of in the past when I would have said, You know, it's kind of annoying that you didn't ask me about the podcast, I'll do it more in that way and kind of give him the opportunity to be like, Oh, yeah, how was it? Yeah. So I think just kind of in that little tweak, but. I was yes. going to say, was there something else you wanted to say? Cause I was going to piggyback off of what you said and give one. Oh, no, yeah.
0: Go for that. The only thing I was going to add to what you just said was that the flip side can be, you don't want to, you know, sometimes I think this, I, I, I don't want to get across that Like people should be asking me so many questions so that I'm just talking the whole time. That's not it. It's like, it should be, it should go both ways. Absolutely. Sometimes people aren't as comfortable or don't want to share and maybe say as much, but the idea is that I'm asking you questions, you're asking me, and we're genuinely interested. And then it doesn't just die after the first question. It continues. You have to actively. And that's another thing I've noticed with people. Yeah, they'll ask the question, then you respond and it's dead because they don't really care and you can tell. Or they weren't listening and they don't have a follow-up. So you, right. you know, it's continuing the listening and thinking, okay, what what would come next after that? Where can I go? Or what am I interested about next to ask them?
1: It really is just being engaged and interested and thinking, okay, what did they just say that I could respond to with a question that I'm actually interested in, not because I'm checking a box. But that's what conversation is. It's a back and forth. And it's not fun to feel like you're interviewing somebody.
0: Right. to be like, oh, I'm just exactly. asking you
1: question after question after question. That can be fun for you either. You probably feel like you're on the other side, like sweating, you know, <laughs> being interviewed and not knowing if you're going to pass or fail. So exactly. that's not, that's not super comfortable. And, and it's also a little bit, you know, when you, when you're on a date with someone who's just talking about themselves the whole time, that feels a little narcissistic, like, oh, aren't we here to learn about each other, if, if you wanted to talk about yourself all night, you could pour yourself a glass of wine at home and talk to the wall. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So anyway, um, yeah, I I was just going to say I've had a history, and I'll be like the first to admit this, of being a little bit of a nag. And I think it comes out because I am a health coach. And over the years, I've sort of seen Josh complain about of his skin issues or gut issues and I'm always trying to give like helpful tips and tricks and he sees what I do every day and and then I watch him like getting McDonald's after he's had a major breakout or having a ton of stress in his life not sleeping well going out late doing all of these things that are just like pummeling his adrenals and you know I get upset and it's like and and I've gotten so much better but in the past it was just I was the mom
0: Mm-hmm. you know, and
1: that's not sexy the health coach. And
0: he's your client,
1: the health coach. He was my client, but like not the nice health coach that my clients get to see <laughs> <Yeah>. like the <laughs> naggy, I guess, like naggy coach that you hire for a week and then fire. But yes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh but yeah, like, uh, Really, we're having McDonald's again, and I see that you hit it on the bottom of the trash can. I'm not stupid. She I sniffed it out. I sniffed it out. One time I found like the top of a Coke bottle under the couch, and I pulled it out. and I was like, "Did you want to tell me something? <laughs> but I have so loosened up over the years because I myself have loosened up on myself. You know, I'm not as rigid or strict with my diet um or the way that I live life. And I think a lot of that nagginess was coming maybe like four years ago when I was so much stricter with myself. Yeah. And control. That's a control thing. It was a control thing. Yeah. So eventually it just really wasn't working for us. So I remember we had a date night where we just sat down and I said, I don't want to nag you anymore. I don't want to be your health coach or your mom because I know that that's not sexy, but I do want you to take care of yourself because I know that these things are important to you. So, you know, what can we do? And we talked through it and he ended up hiring his own health coach and seeing a fun functional medicine doctor and making changes with his own support team instead of me being that. And that helped a lot. And since then now, you know, he doesn't have a health coach anymore, but he has a life coach. And uh, there's things that we talk about in books that I'll recommend, but I really try to lead by example and just he'll get curious and ask questions. And then I'll start to see him implement these things. And then because words of affirmation is one of his love languages, I'll be like, that's so awesome that you're meditating and doing yoga when you feel stressed or you know, I saw that you worked out today. That's great. Instead of like, why didn't you work out? Obviously that will help you with your stress or like, why are you eating fast food? That's not good for you. Yeah. That's awesome. You
0: really have come such a long way and he does, I know, look up to you and want to do everything for himself, but also for you to, you know, be as healthy as he can, which is so important.
1: Well and he teach- he's taught me so much about balance. You know, he's a mixologist. Yes. So it's like he's he's so like such a childlike spirit and I love that about him and he helps bring that out of me too, because he just he knows how to have a good time. It's a yin
0: and yang with you guys for sure. Yeah. And I love that. And speaking of my relationship, he's probably going to be really mad at me if we keep going for too long because I told him to stay out of the kitchen and not put any groceries away because of the sound.
1: (laughs) Wow. And
0: I know he's starving. So let's wrap it up just with a final thought or something. I just wanted to say, you know, for anyone who's either newly dating or in a relationship wherever you're at, um, I will just say from you know, my relationship I've learned as hard as it can be when you're not seeing eye to eye. And this is something I touched on in the spicy Mari episode. Um, you know, you've got to have the hard conversations to get through those times when you're not on the same page, you have to have the conversation. Like it's sucks. And it, you know, I think people often avoid a fight, um, you know, or any conflict for us. We're both fiery people and we, we have to get it out and it's intense. And then we, a lot of times don't, you know, my Thomas always wants to apologize right away and get it over with, even though he's not usually sorry. <laughs> mm-hmm. Or like once we dig deeper, you know, there's more there to to hash out. And I just won't let it happen. I won't take the apology and move on. I know that there's deeper work to be done. So a lot of the time we need like a day apart or just several hours apart to think about it, cool down and then re, you know, convene when we have, when we're calm and we can have a sensible conversation, sometimes deeper, deeper issues. Like when I quit my job and I was, you know, following a very unconventional career path and making very little money and very, very stressed out while he was making great money as a lawyer and kind of looking at me like, why aren't you just getting a good paying job and making your and my life easier? I just knew like very deeply in my heart, I'm not meant for that path that's not me that traditional yeah. path is not me I know I have to go this other way and have to do these other side things and you know uh, that and it, that is why I am where I am today and I trusted my gut and I fought for that and I just kept there were there were several years where I was like he's gonna see you know he's gonna see and now we're there now he you know does all of these things for me because he he's like I see I believe in you i I mm. see it not that he didn't before but it just when you're young building your career and all of those things there's a lot that's not certain so i just had to be my own advocate and be like i'm like just trust me i know i know i've got to do these things you know i, I if it's not going to work out I'll, we can you know split up and i'll keep i I'm going to have to always keep going this way you know yeah. um for myself um and we never even got close to that point but i just mean standing up for yourself and not being afraid of a fight or a disagreement or time apart until you until you come to an agreement.
1: He's your purpose mate. Just like. Exactly. I love. I love that she says that. Yeah. Got to go back to the episode with Spicy Mari and hear all about how she describes your purpose mate. It's so amazing. It's so and sweet. It's so on point. But I love that. I almost just got emotional hearing about it because. <laughs> you remember. Like, hard oh, my times, yeah. Too. Oh, gosh. I know all the hard times. I know all the ups and downs. And. At the end of the day, like I seriously cannot imagine a better fit for each other, you and Thomas, like you literally are like such a good compliment to one another, and I think we always that, knew that we always knew that yeah into you know, yeah, just needing to come
0: back together and be like, okay, no matter what, like I get it, I support you, I love you, even if mm-hmm. I don't understand it right now, that's all I have you know that's where we would always land, and then we would move on.
1: you always hash it out and have yeah, I think that that is, that is what's kept you going and just being honest and also having that deep, deep love and respect for each other. Like you really respect each other, which is just so important. But, um, I guess I'll just end by saying, I think for me, one of the things that's been very impactful is being my own independent person when I was in that toxic relationship, I was just constantly looking for validation from him for four years and just had so little trust and love for myself and who I was and just needed to hear it from him to feel like I was worth anything and was constantly catering. And I was always catering to other people, always saying I was sorry for everything and just wanted everybody to be happy. I was the, definition of a people pleaser. And I still want people to be happy. It's why I'm a health coach. I still want to help improve people's lives and make them feel good. But I also know that I am deserving to be happy and that I love to be alone now and that I grow more when I'm alone. I'm reflective and in my own thoughts and I'm an independent person that doesn't need Josh. I want to be with him, but it's not because I need him. And I, it's because I choose to be with him because I, I want to, and he wants to be with me. And I think having our own time with our own friends and not being controlling over that with each other and not, you know, having to have tabs on the other person at all times, I get to go and do solo trips because that's something he knows really helps me and recharges um, you. And- it recharges me. I have to you know, I, I heard the term Ambervert, and that's not an introvert or an extrovert. An Ambervert is someone who gets their energy being around to other people, but has to recharge alone. And that's what I need. So we do solo nights where, like, last night I watched the show that he would hate, and he watched a show that I would hate. And, like, we had our own time and we ate different foods and just did our own thing, but, like, we checked in with each other. Like, I'd come into the kitchen and be like, How's, how's your show? He's like, oh, just another superhero like killing another bad guy. And I'm like, oh, cool. He's like, how's your show? I'm like, oh, just like another teen girl like getting kidnapped by a guy and they're trying to figure it out. (laughs) And and like, you know, we check in and stuff. But I think just having your own independence and not being controlling over each other's lives is, you know, you have to love yourself first and invest in yourself first. And that's been really, really impactful for us. Oh,
0: I love that. And I think you know, in this Instagram generation, we see people that are so lovey-dovey and living this, the way couples sometimes display their love or their relationship. You can compare yourself to other people or when you hear other people's relationships, you can compare to that. But just knowing like what from what Jess shared, um, you know, there are so many different ways a relationship could look and can look and can still be healthy. And you have to again, go take that love language quiz, tap into what you need and what your partner needs. um, And when you're dating to learn that early on so that you can really create a relationship that works for you that, you know, write your own relationship rules. That's what Thomas and I do. and I don't get bogged down by what other people are doing. And um, we're just as, you know, happy as clams. And (laughs) I I, I do. I think that's everything just Putting your blinders on and not um getting down because others might do things differently. You should only be getting down if what you need is not being met, you know, and Mm -hmm. um and you're not being supported the way that you have voiced that you should be, you know, or that you want to be. So hopefully this is helpful. And um, you know, let us know what you think if you like these kind of episodes and Again, take that love language quiz. And Jess,
1: you take us out. Oh, man. Okay. So also, if, if you're loving it, remember to leave us a rating. Oh, yes. Review, subscribe. Because truly, that is the only way that we grow. Yeah. And sometimes we don't hear anything. And then other times we hear a lot. And it truly just means so much to us to hear we from you. want to hear more, yeah. Like we – even just like a DM and let us know what you're thinking. Like we got a couple this week. And it honestly, like, I'm going to start crying because it just felt so good. <laughs> I if you want to make Jess cry, hit us up. It just was so touching. And it just yeah. is good to know that, that the content is helping people. And, you know, this in partic- this girl said that it was exactly what she needed this particular week with some things that she was going through. So um, it doesn't have to be like that. It can just literally be like, hey, listening, you know, here's something I would want to hear next, whatever it is. It, it means the world. So uh, just putting that out there. And then last but not least, thank you for listening. And, and remember, remember if nothing feels right today, you tuning into this podcast and opening your mind is enough. Change doesn't happen overnight. So be patient and kind to yourself, and good things will come. We'll see you next time. See you next time.